0: The Marvels has been dethroned from the box office. Pedro Pascal is reportedly going to be cast in Fantastic Four. And Dune Part 2 got pushed up two weeks. Movie news, there's so much to talk about this week. You were very happy about that Dune news. Well, I was very happy and sad because we're going to be in Scotland. On the first, So we'll have to go to a theater, an IMAX theater in Scotland. We got some responses on Twitter and... There are two sc- IMAX screens in Scotland. Cineworld, so. the, the movie theater uh, chain responded to us on Twitter. They're oh, like, no way. like, hey, Raiders, come on over. Did we'll, they really? We'll save That's, two seats for you, baby. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Raiders of Lost podcast. In another episode of Movie News, we have a bunch of things to talk about. Seven movie trailers came out this week, including Madam Webb and Percy Jackson, a bunch of posters, some new releases, and some crazy announcements. But let's first get into the box office in... The Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, came out on top with a $45 million opening weekend. A very good start for the film, which had a modest budget of $100 million. They also had. A German tax break that gave him twenty million dollars off the budget. Yeah, Lionsgate's gonna make a really good profit on this mm-hmm. film because that's just domestic 45 international. It's probably gonna pull close to a hundred and then a hundred million dollar budget, maybe fifty million on marketing. It's not gonna take that much to become a profitable film for the studio. So I think they did a great job with making this movie. Plus, they have a massive rabid fan base all over the world that's been dying for a new Hunger Games movie, especially since Suzanne Collins finished the book in 2020 that the movie's based off of. We saw it, it's a good time. If you like the franchise, you will love the film. It's great for fans and I actually learned more about the character. I spoke to a fan and they were telling me more about Snow and his psyche and it actually changed my perception of his performance in the character in the movie but it's a good time. Any fans of the franchise like you said will really like that and it's going to be a good success for Lionsgate. They need it. Trolls band together. Yes they do. (laughs) I didn't even know this movie existed until right now. I saw a poster yesterday. (laughs) The new Trolls movie came in second place with a very good $30 million opening weekend domestically. And then the big surprise this weekend, Eli Roth's new horror slasher film, Thanksgiving, had an excellent opening weekend with $10 million at the domestic box office. A big surprise, and fans and critics alike are raving about the slasher. I think it's going to have great word of mouth. I'm going to go see it now. I was very skeptical of it. I didn't love the trailer for this movie, not Mm -hmm. going to lie. I saw a couple of the trailers, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm a fan of Eli Roth. I like Cabin Fever a lot. but and the in, first and Hostel. Hostels, yeah. The first one's great, even though how horrific it is. But I feel like from a directing standpoint, he hasn't had that hit in a while. But I, it sounds like he's back, and everyone's saying back it's good. <laughs> and I'm back in black! <laughs> so everyone's excited about it. I'm definitely going to go see it based off the hype, and everyone's talking about it. Really good reviews. And de- it took over. The Marvels is in fourth place at the box office in its second week, and it only pulled $9 million domestic, an 87% drop from its opening weekend, the second worst ever for Marvel. Its domestic haul right now is only $68 million at the box office in two weeks. This is a disaster for Marvel. It's a disaster because next week it's going to drop even more. It's probably going to end its domestic run under $100 million, which Is unheard of. It's weaker than the Flash, right? Yeah, the Flash. The Flash made fifty five million its opening weekend, so it had a better opening weekend, and it also had a huge drop, but not this big. And also, the Flash did okay overseas, but this looks like it's gonna be. Under two hundred million in total for its total, and it's possible it'll make under two hundred million globally. Marvel going to probably eat like two hundred fifty million dollars, two hundred million dollars in the red on this movie because again, it has to make about eight hundred to nine hundred million dollars to be profitable. Yeah, because they're splitting ticket sales with movie theaters. Movie theaters don't show movies for funsies. Everybody they get an average around forty to sixty percent of the ticket sales. Funny tweet you put out. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so they are gonna eat. A ton, hundreds of millions of dollars on the Marvels. That is bad news for the MCU. And again, this movie would have been better if they made it on a more modest budget. So if you compare it to the Hunger Games, Hunger Games had a $100 million budget, but you ta- take off $20 million for the German tax credit because they shot a lot in Germany. So an $80 million budget. And so they're already almost—they've already broken that profit, and now— next weekend Hunger Games. Well, they've Ga- matched their budget. Hunger so Games will be profiting next week. Yeah, week. yeah, probably next weekend. Whereas the Marvels will never profit. So you can look at two films similar. Obviously Marvels had a bigger budget, but Hunger Games has a large budget, but they the way that their their costs came out, they're already in the green. And it's gonna be a success. And like the Hunger you can you can you can make the Marvels for a hundred million dollars. It doesn't have to be two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah you can you can make it not every Marvel movie has to be as big as humanly possible, with as big of a budget as possible. You can make a $90 million movie, and then they would be okay with nine million second weekend. The Hunger Games looked better. Oh, man. yeah, it looked way In better. it looked better. Yeah, it looked it was, a lot better. It was a really solid movie. Next up, we have Next Goal Wins. Taika Waititi's latest film had an opening of $2.8 million at the box office. Priscilla holding strong $2.4 million for its fourth weekend, or third weekend for wide release. Yeah, it's now Sofia Coppola's second highest grossing film. It just beat out Marie Antoinette, and it's at 17 million domestic total, so a very good, uh, healthy box office run for the A24 film. And then Saltburn opened limited release, seven theaters, pulled 318 thousand dollars. That is 45 thousand dollars per theater. It'll get a wider release over the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing. Thanksgiving as well. The great word of mouth, the great reviews, and fans of ours have been telling us to watch it. I'm like, okay, I'm excited. Original slasher, let's go. People are saying it's comparable for like a slasher icon to like the new ghost face and stuff like that. Really? I, I wanna, I'll pump the brakes until I see it before I say something well, like that. Eli's a good director because he's been straying a little bit away from horror. He he made The House of the Clock in its Walls was his last film with Kate Blanchett and Jack Black. And then he has the upcoming... Video game adaptation with Cape planchet as well of the I can't remember what off yeah, the top yeah, of yeah. my head, you know what I'm talking yeah. about though. Very popular video game that he's that's having production troubles though. Yeah, which is it's still coming out next week next year though, and Cape Blanchett's leading the ensemble cast. But he just signed on for another big budget project, so this is probably one he just like had time. He's like, Let me have fun. But also it's just it's amazing to come full circle where Thanksgiving was just a silly trailer that he made for the double feature of Rob Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's double feature. And it was just like one of those trailers, a fake trailer, and now it's a film in theaters. It's amazing. Borderlands is the Borderlands, video game adaptation that he's making. Thank you. Next up, we have—let's get into the stories— Number one, biggest news of the week is Pedro Pascal is reportedly going to be cast as the new Reed Richards in Marvel's Fantastic Four. It has not been confirmed, but two days all the rumors started, and you know what that usually leads to. It usually leads to confirmation of the casting, which he probably signed a contract like eight years ago. For a billion dollars. Now, this is huge news. Obviously, Pedro is such a beloved actor, but do you feel like... This might be a bit give a bit of Pedro Pascal burnout. The guy is leading multiple huge IPs right now. Do you think that maybe he's in too many things? Do you think it could hurt the Fantastic Four potential? I love Pedro. He's a terrific actor, mm-hmm. so charismatic. But do you think he's just leading too many IPs? I don't think I. I don't think it's possible to have Pedro Pascal burnout. But Good I point. do. I do think that for me, it does take away from other projects he could do, committing to a big. Theo like this like this this is huge because he's already got Mando and he's got The Last of Us and now he'll be fantastic for I the thing with the big IP projects and especially the Marvel world he's gonna be spending a lot of his next 10 years making these movies and like Scarlett Johansson recently said and a couple other actors recently say like once they got out of Marvel like now they can have more creative freedom as actors and performers to do different things and so I, I actually I think it's a great casting I think it's a smart casting both sides, but I do think that, you know, I was looking forward to seeing what Pedro did outside of big IPs, and so he's not going to have much time to do, like, yeah. smaller projects. two TV shows. Yeah. Mando, he doesn't do much of the physical acting, True. obviously, yeah. anymore. He does a lot of just voiceover work, so that's an easy production yeah, for him, good point. And Yeah, that's a But Last of Us, that's a TV show with 10 episodes, probably, the next season. It's going to be a good amount for him to shoot. If you know anything about the game, you know, Joel's going to have a significant role for mm-hmm. part two, obviously. But I think it's a smart move, though. Yeah, I think it's a smart move for sure, but yeah. I'm just wondering is he leading too many IPs? But actually, that's a good point. Chris Pratt's doing that. Because his face isn't really Mando, really, yeah. too much. Chris Pratt's also leading a lot of IPs. He's he, oh, yeah, he's been an IP Because he was for Guardians and Jurassic World at the same time. True, but do you. Th- and you know what? He never really had that burnout for audiences because people still love him doing everything even with Garfield people are like all right <laughs> I know he's good yeah speaking of he was cast as Garfield and Garfield released its uh teaser trailer yeah it was really funny there was a tweet the other day that, that I retweeted and made like a joke out of it. it said first look at Chris Pratt as Garfield I'm like great makeup transformation it's like <laughs> that's a weird wording to put it I mean that makes it sound like he's on camera as Garfield so I think that I mean I think he was great as Mario but I think Ed Helms would have been the perfect casting for Garfield's voice. That's a good point. Yeah. I think Ed Helms would have captured the personality better. Because Chris still has like even though Garfield's like a downer and a loner and lone, like uh not like a loner and lazy and and just kind of like lies around all the time. I think Ed Helms' voice would have suited that better because Chris still has like that energy inside of him that you yeah, can but feel. Chris gets butts and seats. Yeah, that's true. Clearly, sure, true. clearly gets yeah, but butts Gar- and seats. His Kids aren't going to see the movie because it's Chris Pratt. They're going to see it because it's Garfield. I mean, are kids gonna go see Garfield? Yeah, they made it well, funny. Now they will, yeah. Yeah. But I mean no, but I mean Mario, the appeal was to see Chris Pratt as Mario. The appeal is Mario. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the a- the actors are cast because obviously they're talented, but also to go to red carpets and then do press tours. Exactly. Kids aren't watching the late show with Jimmy Fallon. I didn't say all the kids, I said <laughs> I said he put butts in seats because Chris you Pratt You said people are going to see it because of Chris Pratt. For sure. Verbatim. There's definitely people it, that saw Mario. See it. <laughs> Out of all the 1.6 billion <laughs> box office, you don't think anyone saw Super Mario Bros because Chris Pratt? When you, when you say Pratt, people will go to see it, you mean everyone. I didn't say everyone. Five people went to see it because Chris Pratt people was People is an ambiguous <laughs> term, Anthony. It could mean, exactly, it could be five or uh, a million. But my point is, I think Ed Helms would have been better suited. His voice would have been better for that yeah, lazy maybe. Garfield. Anyways, let's move on past Pedro Pascal's casting potential. To the biggest, the happiest you've been in a month. It w- no, I wasn't the happiest I've been in a month. <laughs> it was actually, I was pretty disappointed. So, Dune Part 2 obviously was going to get released March 14th. It's been bumped up two weeks to March 1st, 2024, which obviously is incredible news. We're going to get to see it sooner. And they probably bumped it up to get more access to IMAX screens, I'm guessing, and get a little less competition there. This is awesome stuff. I'm going to look at what's releasing that week However, Anthony and I will be in Europe. We're going to a wedding in Scotland on March 2nd. So we'll be in Edinburgh. And I was devastated when this news (laughs) dropped because at first I was like, oh my god. Then I'm like, oh shit. We're not going to be in America to see Dune Part 2. So hopefully it releases the same dates in Europe as America. I'm sure it will. And fort- for a big one like that, hopefully. Yeah, fortunately, we got a bunch of messages and, and t- people telling us that even though we'll be in Scotland, there are a couple IMAX screens in Glasgow and oh, Edinburgh. I can tell you why they moved it. This was originally Pixar's El- Pixar's Elio's release oh. date. So they bumped Pixar's Elio to 2025 and then this opened up the release date for. and then Warner Brothers was like, let's go in because that week, nothing else is coming out. The week before that, Nothing really. Driveaway Dolls, which is the, I mean, uh, Ethan Cohen's film, and then Ordinary Angels, and then the weekend after the first, it's imaginary, and Raymond's big movie, nothing really, and then June Zero, Karaoke, On the Adamant, come out that weekend after that, so it has no competition in March. It's gonna clean up. It's gonna, and also Snow White was gonna be the third weekend in March, and that moved, so it has no competition for the entirety of march so it's gonna going rake in the money and march can be profitable remember the batman came out on yeah. march 3rd 2020 was that 2022 oh my god everything everywhere else came out it was a march release was wait was the batman this year or last year batman was last year okay <laughs> it feels like that movie came out 10 years ago <laughs> or yesterday it's because um we talk about a lot of movies, man. Yeah, it all blends in. <laughs> so that's awesome news for Dune Part Two. Hopefully, it makes a solid box yeah, office. So we can get Dune Messiah, man. I'm cr- I'm I'm uh, crossing my fingers that we get an even earlier release than usual because we're gonna be traveling starting like February twenty seventh, twenty sixth to get to Scotland and everything. So maybe- we can take a we get a boat. We're taking a kayak. No, <laughs> like. <laughs> You you gotta skip a day. You go forward a day, man. <laughs> this guy, twelve, four, fifteen-hour flight plus a day ahead, man. You leave, oh yeah, you do. You leave the, the twenty-sixth. Yeah, you, you get to the twenty-seventh. Yeah. He's, he's never. It's like you forgot how big the Earth was. Earth Earth is massive, bro. Is it's it? massive, bro. I mean, in our context, but like compared to the rest of the universe, it's tiny. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> James is like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just accept the Earth's really big. <laughs> so I can't wait to see it and hopefully yeah we get an early release and then sometimes other markets get early release dates than America not for Dune but sometimes they get a week later too. that's what I mean so hopefully we get earlier because we usually get the early invites it's usually like three or four days before the official release date so yeah. maybe cross your fingers we'll, we'll let's hit up IMAX. am actually we'll like hey when are you doing it <laughs> where are you doing your super early screenings not just your early screenings <laughs> listen we're, we're pretty pretty important guys we gotta see dude <laughs> biggest Dune fans ever. All right, let's get into the weekly Marvel bashing, was <laughs> <which> started earlier. <laughs> well, this isn't really a bashing, but there was a big information leak. So, Steven Young, who was announced a m- month and a half ago as being an undisclosed role in the MCU, has now been revealed to be Sentry in the Thunderbolts movie, and it was accidentally revealed on a live stream. So, Sentry is the MCU's version of Superman. While there has still been no official confirmation from Marvel about this, the Walking Dead and Invincible creator Robert Kirkman may have inadvertently substantiated the rumor. Speaking to David Finch on YouTube, Kirkman revealed that Yen had called him following a costume fitting for the century, with the pair joking that Yen had a habit of portraying yellow and blue-suited Superheroes. Obviously, from Invincible. I guess Sentry's suit is blue and yellow. Yeah, let me yeah. Google this guy. Yeah, yeah. James told me about this. I was like, who the fuck is Century? <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll be a main character in the Thunderbolts film, which is coming out 2025 as well. Okay, and, yeah. And yeah, this was accidentally revealed on a live stream on YouTube. However, it's Marvel. You never know if these accidental leaks are real or not. I'm sure it was coordinated. That's usually how it works. Very seldom do we get obvious leaks like this so i think is one of those things where oh no i can't believe that got leaked but this is all marketing we're marketing a film that's coming out next year yeah so yeah i guess yeah so century is he has immortal immortality invulnerability biokinesis p- psionic abilities power sharing manac- manac- molecular molecular <laughs> molecular manipulation <laughs> strength photokinesis and speed and flight so sounds awesome he's got man. more powers than superhero superman i guess possibly Cool. He's got a yellow suit with a with a blue cape. Looks pretty cool. Pretty co- pretty cool costume. See. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up earlier. I, I wrote this. So this here is. I wrote this anecdote. You see. So I'm gonna. So I'm gonna show you an image of Sentry, which you've never seen before. So I'm gonna take your phone and throw it off the wall. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you point your phone at me, it's kick- getting kicked out of your hand. But apparently, Alexander Skarsgård was the fan casting for the past few years for the character. But I think Steven's a great actor. He's fantastic. More on the MCU. So Avengers: Kang Dynasty. Is up in the air right now. I remember they were going to do Avengers 5 and 6 King Dynasty. Oh, I remember. <laughs> and so, we all remember. Shang Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton was on board to direct. However, he has stepped down, will no longer make the Kang Dynasty with Jonathan Major's illegal issues. MCU may move from Kang to a different villain. He's like, get me do- out of here. Potentially <laughs> Doctor Doom or potentially recast Kang, but. Yeah, Destin has dropped out from directing the Kang Dynasty at MCU. Yeah, and it just seems like Kang's never going to move forward anymore. And they might revisit the character in a decade or so, but looks like they're just putting the whole thing on hold for now. Who knows, man? I think that's a smart call. Moving on to some Superman Legacy news. So obviously now that the strike is over, we're getting news of castings, which this has all been done, but they're leaking it all slowly out. So for Superman Legacy, Maria Gabriela de Feria has been cast as a as a potential villain, Angela Spica, also known as the Engineer. And when this got announced, James Gunn, quote, tweeted basically a headline. And he said, Villain is such a disparaging term. Her role is being labeled as the antagonist of the film. Now, Angela Spica, the Engineer, is a member of the Authority. Nanotechnology gives her vast mechanical abilities. Liquid metal covers her body at will, allows her to fly and to create many things such as radio telepathy, bugs, weaponry, rocket engines, replacement lungs to cope with unfamiliar atmospheres, and even additional copies of herself. Aside from Corn Sweat and Brosnahan, other announced cast includes Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, Isabella Merced as Hawk Girl, Eli Gathajee as hot, hot Girl or Hot Girl? Hawk Girl. She is a Hawk Girl, but also hot Girl. <laughs> Eli Gathagy as Mr. Terrific, and Anthony Carrigan as Rex Mason Metamorpho. She played uh, Dora in the Dora movie. That's right. Dora the Explorer. And she's also, we'll get to in a little bit, she's in Madame Web. Superman Legacy is due to release in cinemas on July 11th, 2025. I don't know metamorph- Metamorpho or Hot Girl, but I'm sure it's going to be great. The latter seems kind of obvious. Yeah, and this villain sounds like a T2 villain. T2 mixed with... Terminator. Yeah, I guess T2 mixed Liquidate. with mixed with Iron Man. That's how it sounds. Yes. I like it. Sounds cool. It sounds cool. Next up, we finally got the first image, which is a poster for Robert Eggers' upcoming remake of Nosferatu. This film stars Lily Rose Depp, Bill Skarsgård, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Nicholas Holt. The poster is great. It's basically L- Lily Rose Depp in period costume with – Nosferatu, played by Bill Skarsgård, standing behind her in the shadows. You just get a hint of his face. Oh, that's such an awesome teeth. look. And it's great. I'm really excited for this. It's an amazing cast. And creepy. Uh, the Nosferatu film, the last one that was made was, well, the last real remake of it was um, Werner, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog made it. Like in the 80s or 90s, he made a remake. And then Willem Dafoe starred in a, a spoof Of Nosferatu in the 2000s. The original is from 1922. Yeah, it's a great film. I'm looking forward to this. I think this is going to be an awesome horror movie. We have another prequel horror movie. The First Omen (laughs) is coming out from 20th Century. Got the first image. It's a prequel to the classic horror film. It's just like the first orphan. Oh, my God. (laughs) Orphan's first kill. The First Omen. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. Disney. I thought Damien was the first omen. You know, say I don't understand this. Like, where's this coming from? It's like <laughs> just remake the Omen. <laughs> you might as well. Didn't they remake it though recently? Yeah, no one's interested in the Omen story. The, so the Omen All the original they care about is just the IP, the title, yeah, the name. The original Omen is amazing. It's a great horror film. It's one. Of, it's, I think it's one of the most underappreciated horror films of the seventies. And they've made a couple remakes. Julia Stiles started in one in the two thousands. They made one, I think, pretty recently. I think it was a TV series actually, not a movie. Yeah, it was a TV series. And now, I mean, I guess what what else do you do instead of a sequel? Do you, you do a prequel? So we're going to have a new Son of Satan born. What's the trend going to be after prequels? Is it going to be pre-prequels? <laughs> <laughs> no, then now they're, they're going to be like, all right, what do we do next? They're going to do the the guy who created the Omen. <laughs> His story. The, the origin story. The of origins the... of the origin of the Omen. Because <laughs> the, <laughs> the prequel trend's going to last book. only so long. I mean, or will it? Well, no. That's always going to be. It's going to be the same thing as a sequel. It'll always be prequels and sequels because everything's going to have a prequel. Yes. And then what do you do with the prequels once those are done? What's the next trend? Make a prequel. to you the You make prequel. a sequel to the prequel. Okay, so yeah. Okay, then you and so then you, you sequelize that because you, you, you can only remake be... the original, which yeah. will technically be deemed the sequel to the prequel. It's a reset. So you get you get to do the sequel. I mean, you get to do the prequel, and then you can do a bunch of sequels, and then you get to do a prequel, and then a bunch of sequels. That's a good point. It's a reset, it's a never-ending button. cycle. Got some news about the Alien TV show. So, showrunner and creator Noah Hawley was do- being interviewed, asked about how involved Ridley Scott was. He basically said that, just like with the Coen brothers when he made Fargo, they're not really involved very much at all. They're executive producers. Ridley's an executive producer By on name, the TV really show. By name, really, only. And, you know, he'll um, pick his brain once in a while. But other than that, other than that, Ridley's doing his own thing. He's not involved with the TV show. He's show. making Napoleon! <laughs> yes. He's always making movies. Now the series will serve as, as a prequel and <laughs> set three decades before the events of the 1979 film Alien, which is weird because that means there's going to be no alien in it. Because that, unless there's a secret lab that found aliens earlier or sooner. Well, this, yeah, this is. This because is, the, the show is going to be called Alien TV Show. The prequel was Prometheus. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the storyline of humans. Yeah, the prequel was true, Prometheus. But I just watched Prometheus last night. So, I, wonder, I don't understand how this is going to. There's just, I mean. I, do you think the xenomorph will be on Earth at some point? They'll have like a lab full of xenomorphs? <laughs> I guess so. I will see you do it. Because you have to have the xenomorph on screen in this show. You have to at some point. Well, it's called Alien. Yeah. I know. That's what I mean. So, if it's a prequel to the crew showing up to the distress signal in the original film, the Nostromo is, I mean, that's the first. That's what I always imagined was the first interaction with the xenomorph like the xenomorph we know the xenomorph in Prometheus is different, different. Yeah. it's a engineer xenomorph so it's not you it's probably called a different species of alien. it's a megamorph mega, <laughs> mega xenomorph super xenomorph creator morph and so i mean I'm not sure how they're gonna how this is i mean sh- maybe, exactly because three decades before that the stress signal even came out yeah I guess so maybe they knew about the creature I don't know and they had samples of it Th- there has to be a xenomorph I don't. I'll wait until I see a trailer, but I'm still not in love with the idea of an alien movie set on Earth. I think it would work better. I mean, Noah Hawley's a really good showrunner. He's made some good TV shows. He's done a great job on TV, so maybe he has a cool idea that works. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I mean, I I I trust his. I trust him because he's proven himself. Yeah, he did. So he did Legion, and then he did Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. Legion's cool. I've seen. I've seen Legion. The first season. It's cool stuff. All right, let's get into the movie trailers. Oh yeah, we got seven movie trailers. (laughs) I'm not sure how I feel about any of them. But I, I don't think I... <laughs> the first Actually, my favorite movie trailer this week was a surprise that I loved. All right, first up, let's get to Sony's big movie trailer. Madam Web, starring Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, and a bunch of other actors I can't remember. Uh, who's in it? Uh, it looks like a movie. <laughs> I'm actually... I was watching this, and I'm like, is this real? It looks like a fan-made trailer. It looks like... it. <sighs> I didn't know they could go lower than Morbius, man. It, it sucks. It's weird because the Craven trailer slapped. Craven trailer is pretty good, yeah. And then this one, I, I wouldn't I'd say it's slapped. It's just taken the internet by storm in terms of just being a new meme. It's, being the, <laughs> it's become the new Morbius. Did you see the comments in the YouTube section? Oh, this is my favorite thing to do is <laughs> to read the comments. It's like when Madam Webb said, it's, Mormon, it's Web in Time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one where it said, this is the most movie of all time since Morbius. <laughs> I don't know. W- this movie looks not terrific. I'm not going to lie. CGI looks very questionable, shockingly, jarringly bad CGI in the because they have the teaser before the trailer starts, obviously. And I remember just watching the teaser, I'm like, "This is the CGI for a 200 million dollar superhero movie." Goodness, I was shocked. I mean, Dakota sounds like she's phoning it in. I don't know if this is the dialogue, but it's so monotone. Which is too bad. She's she's such a great actress. <laughs> I got some great comments. Hold on, yeah, let's pull least. up some Madam Web comments. <laughs> I love what she said. With great goblin comes great responsibility. <laughs> 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 you don't need to see the future to know how well this movie's gonna do. <laughs> I love the part where she said, "Web this." <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I love the part when the bad guy said, I'm somewhat of a Spider-Man myself. <laughs> I don't know anything about Madame Web. I don't know anything about these spider Woman or any of them. But it just doesn't seem like this is going to be it. And also, I think, I mean, I'm already burnt out on multiverses already. I don't know about you. Is this a multiverse movie? Yeah, she connects the Spider-Verse. Okay. She, commu- she can communicate, interact with uh, different Spider-Verses. So that's how everyone's like a spider person in this movie? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't and know. And also the, the future-telling movie has been done so many times before. Like but being I, able to see a little bit into the future. Yeah, like a premonition. Yeah, premonition. Knowing. Thank you, yeah. But I guess that's part of the character's powers, right? Yeah. And the fight scenes, they don't look good. <sighs> All right. Next up. <laughs> speaking of, we talked about earlier, Garfield released its first teaser trailer starring Chris Pratt, Samuel L. Jackson. We get the origin of of Garfield adopting his human and as a Garfield comics reader as a kid, it's got me a little excited, honestly. I'm not yeah, gonna I mean, lie. I love that comic strip. That was always the go to whenever uh-huh. the comic comes and you get the funny pages and Gar- you go right to Garfield when you're a kid. And Samuel Jackson plays Garfield's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it looks it looks cute and funny. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks like a fun kids' movie. Next up, we have Percy Jackson and the Olympi- Olympians, this highly anticipated Disney Plus series. Got a trailer for it. It looks pretty. Looks looks pretty good. It's good again. I never read the books and I never saw the other films. So the movies I'm not... are good. Are they? Yeah. Logan Lerman's the lead in uh I like them. They're cool. For nice. young adult books and movies they're pretty solid. I never read those books though, but I've never read or seen anything about Percy Jackson. But it, I was just I, I think I just aged out and I was like, fuck this, I love Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Better watch Harry Potter's good. But you'll never
0: age out of Harry Potter though. No, never. It, but it looks like a Disney Plus series at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's got the look. It has um Pretty CGI looking CGI. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's a Disney Plus series. Like, oh, that's not- I. I know that fans of the books are very excited. Yeah, I've just never been into it. What else do we get? Sometimes I think about dying, Same, which is bro. a <laughs> oh, it's a movie title. Oh, sorry, <laughs> an upcoming Daisy Ridley film. It's a very small indie film. Like, it's nice to see her in a different context outside of gigantic Star Wars movies. And it's about this strange woman. Who is struggling to like fit in with anybody in the world, and there's a guy who's trying to date her, but she's just a she's a strange bird, she's a weirdo, and it's it's pretty cool looking. It it looks uh, very artistic and very uh, minimalist, and it's it's interesting. I thought it was, I thought it was an intriguing trailer. Next we have Arthur the King, which is a Mark Wahlberg dog movie. So this is based on a true story. This is the trailer that I this is my favorite. I was. I almost cried watching it. It's really? so heartwarming. So it's based on a true story of these marathon um, – I, I can't remember what the kind of marathon's called, but teams of people, it's a cross-country marathon. The The marathon's 10 days and 430 miles. Oh, so it's like you hand something off to like – No, you just do it as a team. Okay. And you get a bike. You have to swim. You have to climb mountains. You have to do all sorts of crazy shit, run through the jungle. That's and cool. it's a race. It's a 10-day race, and a bunch of different teams participate in it. And Mark Wahlberg plays a member of the team, and it's based on a true story where suddenly as they were on their marathon, this dog kept showing up. And then eventually the dog started running the marathon with them, and the dog even led them on faster routes through the course, the terrain of the country. And I'm not sure if they really won in in the end, but it looks like they they don't even spoil the trailer, but they do finish. But it looks like a really heartwarming uh, a film about family and motivation and the will to to push yourself and it's I was like oh my god this is I'm getting goosebumps dogs are such always great characters in movies and like that Channing Tatum dog movie that came out a couple of years ago remember that mm-hmm. that killed at the box office for its budget it was a very successful film so people, people love dogs, dogs. people yeah. love dog movies that's not I was just getting like watch the trailer you'll be surprised I just looked at some images it looks really yeah really he was endearing. just like a stray dog and then the dog was injured but it kept going with them. That's really sweet, and then it became like a viral sensation for on the news and media. That's amazing. Of like this team has a fifth member; and it's the dog. It's also going to star Simu so it sounds like a cool movie. I might have to check that out. Next up, speaking of Mark Wahlberg, we have a trailer for Ted Origin series (laughs) on Peacock, and you know Peacock's just always killing it with their TV shows. (laughs) I don't know. How do you feel about a Ted Origin story? I don't know, man. Uh, Maybe if it's rated R. I don't, I, don't, I don't think know. so. It's it's Peacock. Uh, well, they actually joked at – they made a joke at Peacock because uh, the trailer teaser is basically teenage Ted writing one of those letters to your adult self, to adult Ted, and adult Ted is reading it. And it said, teen, "Teenage said, teenage Ted said, the greatest, most respected streaming platform has agreed to make a TV show about my life." And then uh, Ted, adult Ted says, "Yeah, that hasn't aged well." <laughs> That's so they, they funny. did poke fun at Peacock, but. I don't know. I don't know. So it's basically he's a, he's at, in college. He's in a dorm. Yes. Uh, and they're smoking weed and stuff like that. I mean, I'll check it out. It's Ted I, as a teenager. I love like Ted. Like All right. We'll go. Next up we have a new animated kids movie for Prime. Merry Little Batman. It looks like a very cute and movie. If you got any kids, you should check it out. It stars basically Batman's son Damien, who wants to be a crime fighter just like his dad. I knocked over my Christmas tree. You ruined the Christmas! And so he has to help his dad fight the bad guys around Gotham City. It looks cute. It looks it look, very cute. Yeah, it looks very sweet. It looks like an animated kid's book. Mike Roth is the creator of it. Thank you. And uh, Luke Wilson plays Batman. Batman. Batman with a beard. Yeah, Batman <laughs> with a beard, which... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben had scruff. Oh, yeah, so it's you. cool to see that. Yeah, but they they do it so it's like it looks like it's part of his costume when he puts the suit on. It's cute. Yeah. It's very cute. All right, let's get into the rest of the stories of the week. So there is an amazing Q&A between Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese during a Q&A showing of Killers of the Flower Moon. I highly recommend you check it out. And Steven Spielberg called Killers of the Flower Moon Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. Wow. Great, greatest masterpiece. That's incredible praise from an incredible filmmaker. So and a person – in the in the media at the crowd, they said that it was it was as if Mozart was interviewing Beethoven. <laughs> I was like, sounds about right. That's a good point. Yeah, I saw some videos of people in the crowd, and people were ecstatic for that event. I, I mean, dude, man, two titans discussing film—that's so cool. Uh, I loved watching those interviews of directors and directors. Like, I, there was one with Paul Thomas Anderson and Chris Nolan. Nolan a couple does years a bunch. Yeah, Nolan, yeah. Does, he, Nolan, Jordan Peele was a really good one. So I really love those. You get, they're very insightful. Nolan did a Ridley Scott one. He did. He did a, he did Spielberg. He did a Spielberg one. PTA and Spielberg have one as yeah. well. For when Phantom Thread came out. That's an excellent one. He did a, oh there's a great one with Nolan and Tarantino talking about uh, Hateful Eight. Oh that's yeah. That's a great one. He's just he's just picking Tarantino's mind about the movie. It's fantastic. Let's move on to some news at Netflix. So obviously, The Killer came out on November 10th, and we recommended it to you the last two weeks. And we hope you saw it because we're dropping an episode on it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It was such a good one. We love this movie. It's going to age so well. The latest film from David Fincher is currently the top-ranking English-language movie on Netflix, attracting 27.9 viewers and 55 million viewers well we got 27.9 viewers guys 27.9 million viewers and 55 million million hours viewed and the second place film on netflix only had 22 million hours viewed so it more than doubled the next best premiere on netflix so it was a big hit and it's a much different experience between mank which was not a hit for netflix at all and so I think that Netflix is very happy with this one. They're like, all right, we got one from David. We got a we hit. <laughs> He's got another movie. He's going to do two more with them, right? Two more. He signed a four-picture deal with them. And you got to check it out. If you haven't, watch it tonight so you can prep for tomorrow's yeah, episode, it's everybody. Great. It's great. It's, it's an awesome movie. It's a tight two hours. It is. It's yeah. like an hour 59. All right, next up, Mark Ruffalo is doing some press for his new series, All the Light That We Cannot See. And he recounted early in his career how difficult it was being taken seriously by studios and he all he gave this anecdote of when he was up for david fincher's 2007 film zodiac being told by studio representatives that nobody cared about him he said quote studios they weren't coming to me in that way i'll never forget when they were negotiating my deal for zodiac the studio negotiator literally said to my manager look we don't give a shit about mark ruffalo we don't even. We don't even want Mark Ruffalo in this movie. So you're gonna take what we're gonna offer you, or you're gonna forget it, dude. My man Mark's always complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mark Ruffalo, but he's always complaining about something. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, it's like when you made it, it's like can you complain? <laughs> it's always something with this guy. Especially, I mean, you see it a lot with younger actors. Not most of them, but some of them, and you hear them like complaining about how like hard it was for them to get. To, to make it, and it's like you're 19, <laughs> you made it at 19. That's some that's fucking insane. 95 99% of people don't make it, and you made it at the age of 19. Like, why are you complaining? Ah, anyways, yeah, I mean, come on, man. You're fucking the Hulk, <laughs> you're the Hulk, dude. Man, being a millionaire is great, but it was so hard to get there. <laughs> you were in the movie, you made you got Zodiac, bud. That's just actors. Yeah, we don't know who that is. We don't want them for the movie until they're famous. Yeah. That's just how it works. Anyways, I'm not saying I love Mark Ruffalo. I think he's a great actor. Why do you hate Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> he's just always complaining about something. <laughs> <laughs> do we follow him on Twitter? I hope not. No, yeah, it's probably because no, no. he complains too much. <laughs> um, there was a great ad campaign. So, anyone but you dropped a new little trailer, a little it's teaser. Terrible. It's <laughs> with an introduction. Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell, like in front of a blue screen. Doing the introduction to the trailer. It's very like campy and playfully it's not so funny. Fake. It's so fake. Yeah. And it sounds like they wrote this, like whoever wrote wrote that script that day. And then literally the next day, Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder dropped a spoof of it, like right away, dressed in the same kind of outfits. It's just funny to see like Glenn Powell, he's jacked in this white polo. Then Nathan Fielder, just like a normal looking guy, like <laughs> stringy, armed in a white polo. <laughs> it's really funny. And they spoofed it basically, like saying the same thing about their show coming out. Yeah. The, the, uh, the What's it called? The um, Curse. The Curse. And it was really great. And so both productions are kind of going back and forth playing with it where uh. Nathan Fielder wrote like a, a confessional in his notes and screenshot <laughs> it and, set, and posted on Twitter <laughs> was, saying like, say? normally I don't complain about this stuff. But the fact that anyone – you stole our marketing campaign when we – six months ago filmed this, this – <laughs> he said six months ago we filmed this TV spot. And then the day before we drop it, Anyone But You drops theirs. It looks exactly like it. He's like, I'm not going to point fingers. <laughs> like, I, I can't stand when people steal your ideas. <laughs> and then the guy who directed Anyone But You played more with it. He wrote, I, I you know, I don't want – in cancel culture, I got to confess. And, and, you know, I got to admit that we stole the marketing campaign from, <laughs> the, from the curse. And we apologize and we won't make sure it won't happen again, That's basically. Great. It's really fun. That's good they, they both took it in, in good fun, especially the director of the Anyone But You film. I'm sure they asked, like – well, it's crazy how quickly they did it. But they're like, yeah. hey, do you mind if we spoof this? I mean, it's good press for everyone. It is. There's no such thing as bad publicity. It's really, really funny. <laughs> it's great. And next up, our final bit of news for the day. Tom Hardy posted the first photo from Venom 3. It's just a set photo of Ooh, him. Let me see. In character as Eddie Brock. And it's just him just holding a beer with the director behind him. It looks. It's very cute. I think they're just reminding people that, like, we're back at work, you know. Yeah, it's the. I think it was the first day back since the strikes. What's it? What's it called? So it's. It's just the se- untitled Venom. Let there be it's called Sequel. Venom Cubed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's untitled. Just Venom Three right now. It's Venom, that, but the M is flipped sideways for a three. That was a terrible joke. No, what it they really did is the poster. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> terrible. At least do the three, the E, not the M. No, I'd do the M like that. <laughs> no, the E would make way more sense. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just. I think they're just going to go with Venom 3. True. I think Venom let there be carnage. Too wordy. Yeah, and there wasn't that much carnage in it. There wasn't. There was no carnage. There wasn't that much carnage. There was no blood. There was, there was, yeah. it, was, it was R, right? No, it was PG-13. It was it PG-13? Yeah. Oh, this one's going to be R, though. It better be. It is. Good. It should be. It is not. Nuts. <laughs> moving on to... the That's the end of our news, actually. There's nothing to move on yeah, to. This is a blank space. Empty, I don't know where empty, you're moving on to. negative space on my documents. <laughs> now, thank you so much for tuning in to Movie News. Again, tomorrow we're dropping an episode on The Killer, David Fincher's latest film on Netflix. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. We can't recommend it enough. It is just classic Fincher. It's just banger. And be sure to subscribe to our Patreon, where you can help support us and let us be these full-time podcasters that we are. And if you want the ad-free experience of all of our new episodes they are on patreon and spotify ad free to access them all you gotta do is join the five dollar per month tier show me the money tier that's a that's a frappuccino at starbucks frappuccino is that a drink at starbucks i thought that yeah. was i thought that was like mcdonald's no i saw i thought i saw frappuccino, at do they starbucks. Have frappuccino? Yeah. i don't know anything about starbucks drinks I yeah. heard recently I just that coffee. someone <laughs> I heard recently that an employee of Starbucks, they just sque- they took photos of all the recipes of all their drinks. Yeah, and I posted saw them, online. Yeah, yeah, someone sent them to me. Pretty clever. Did you want to make them? I was like, like I'm not going to make them. <laughs> but thanks. I don't want I don't want a 600 calorie coffee drink. Thank you very much. They're delicious, though. But <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, like, no one's going to make it at home. You have to get the syrups. You're just going to go to Starbucks still. you are got to get the pumps. <laughs> so I understand Starbucks is probably upset at first, but at the same time, like they're going to do it once, then they'll come back to the store. Yeah, no one's going to buy all the ingredients to make coffees. Yeah, you're not going to make uh, Frappuccino day. You're not going to make a... Pe- Although, peppermint mocha sounds pretty good right Seasonal. now. Seasonal. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that when it's cold. Peppermint mocha is a good one. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps our episode again tomorrow. The Killer Wednesday, we're going to do another Movies from Memory episode we haven't done in a while. We're going to do... Batman Begins so wish us luck on putting together the non-linear first two acts of that film (laughs) daunting so so don't miss that episodes we had this past week we did Homelander analyzing evil I mean evil explored as well as on Monday we did Arrival yes which was a lot of fun he always forgets the ones he edited (laughs) I'm uh, dude I'm, oh man anthony's getting my nerves today everybody look he's feisty anthony woke up ready he came out swinging on the show came out swinging on swinging busted balls over there <laughs> one little jab that's like dude, it was, was he's, a little jab jabbed me 17 <laughs> times the... keep antagonizing me keep antagonizing me see what happens hulk over here you should have played the hulk hey, not, we're gonna put r- 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 your, r- gonna your r- sandwich over. on layaway there <laughs> here's your fucking sandwich <laughs> If you right. uh, know that movie reference, make it in the comments on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody, and see you this week. See you next time. You stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> see you next That's week. That's what we get for the jazz. See you this week. Yeah, see you <laughs> this week doesn't sound good. We're not, not going to actually physically see All right, see so them. let's do it again. All right, take care, everybody. See you See you, this you next week. time. <laughs>